on this episode of AV Week, Value Engineering, the higher education AV spaces. Avixa and Hetma partner together. And the wow of AV. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. AV Nation is brought to you by Sure. Because every voice matters. This is AV Week, episode 607, recorded Friday, April 7th, 2023. Plan B. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, Jen Steinhardt. You know her uh, from Twitter and from TikTok. You should check her out on TikTok. Uh, she's also from Jen Milsom Wilkie. Welcome, ma'am. Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Also with us is Mr. Brock McGinnis uh, from just north of the border from Nationwide. Welcome, sir. Hello, Tim. Glad to be here. And all the way from the Jersey Shore, and I'll let you put whatever vision in your head you want from that, Chris Netto, Starin, and also uh, AV in the AM. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Tim. I will be uh, fist pumping my way through this entire um, podcast. Thank you very much for that visual, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I just flew in from Dallas, and boy, are my arms tired, because uh, just I like, I like that joke. Um, got to spend some time with the... Uh, it, it made Chris laugh. I mean, come on, it made Chris laugh, because it's a horrible dad joke. Um, got to hang out with the folks at PSNI this week, and yesterday, if you didn't catch it, did a, a really great... Um, the, the participants were great. I just sat there. Uh, really great conversation with some uh, incredible end users. Um, so you can check that out. Uh, we'll have a, an article for that here on AV Week. So first story comes to us um, from actually from, from AV Network. Infocom will collaborate with the Higher Education Technology Managers Alliance, all of us know them as HETMA, to develop a comprehensive higher education program. This partnership aims to address the unique challenges faced by educational institutions in implementing AV solutions and integrating technology into their learning environments. The program will feature panel discussions, workshops, and case studies to showcase the best practices, offer networking opportunities, and provide attendees with the latest insights. Jen, I'm going to start with you on this. What, What does this mean for the higher education space, and what does this mean for the end users in the industry? I think it's absolutely outstanding. Um, I thought that it was a brilliant idea to bring in doing focused uh, tours, booth tours uh, during Infocom as well. I think that the education and the networking and uh, being a part of the conversation is very advantageous for that vertical and the people that are within it. Um, But, you know, it can be very easy to get lost in the mix um, and so I think that having that focus uh, will be really beneficial, not just to the uh, you know, in-house uh, integrators and um, the AV folks in that community, but for the end users, the higher education um, facilities themselves, that they're really getting the focus that they deserve in a niche that requires um, awareness of what's new and um, and being engaged. All right, Brock. Same kind of question. You, you, and the reason I am, I, I want to bring you on this on on this part is, I've oddly had conversations here in the last couple of months with with um, 
integrators who have been doing this for a while, they remember a time when if there was an end user at Infocom, it was a personal invitation from their dealer. They would be the one walking them around to the different booths. Now it's, you know, end users are coming en masse. Last year, the estimate was 30%, 35% of end users. So what does this mean for, for that community that Infocom is opening up and, and even more so welcoming them in? I think it's a wonderful evolution, Tim. Um, you know, at one point, uh, Infocom or ICIA was kind of an association of, uh, for manufacturers and their dealers or resellers. Yeah. Um, and uh, at some point along the way, they woke up and said, hey, uh, we want to represent the entire um, audiovisual community. Uh, the you know we've we've got uh, AV user group uh, that was started in the UK has now uh, uh, is now beginning to migrate into North America. I think next week uh, the first AV user group meeting in Toronto is occurring, um, and will be uh, really well attended. Um, and is you know people are are looking forward to that. I think what uh, uh, what Joe and Mike and some of the other people at Hetma have put together is is absolutely spectacular because as a constituency within uh, Avixa, uh, you know they're they're as Joe will point out one of the largest customers of our industry, um, and they are the people that manufacturers probably should most want to come to their booth and and uh, be interested in new technology and new applications for technology or new ways of, of using it. So I, I, I think, uh, I think it's brilliant. Um, <laughs> I think, uh, I think Hetma is, uh, is leveraging, uh, I mean, wouldn't we all like, uh, to have an AV association like Hetma, uh, to be part of, cause it, I mean, they're, they're doing such an amazing job, uh, for their members supporting their members, uh, advocating with, within the organization and, and, um, and a lot of that enthusiasm uh, and just real serious engagement, association engagement, like yep. this is for the betterment of all of us, um, uh, is, uh, is a positive thing uh, to ingest into, into Avixa. And I would also point out that, that you know, um, in, in Joe Way and, and the rest of the board doesn't need me to, to, to toot their horn, but, but I will for a minute. They've also uh, done serious inroads into manufacturer relationships and, and giving them insight into what they need, right? So giving them product development uh, um, direction. They've partnered with, with Avixa in the past to, to develop scholarships to bring other end users uh, to to Infocom to that show, so yeah, and and, and they're reaching out, right? They they really are. Um, talking with a couple of gentlemen this week from uh, from the Middle East. Joe's going to to a trade show uh, in the Middle East in in May, right? To talk to to those folks um, and and to, to that market. So yeah, they're they're doing a pretty incredible job. You know, it's great for the industry. Uh, there's uh, there's just there there's no there's no downside uh, to it at all. And um, I, I think it's also spectacular. I mean, they have a really hard job. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of them are, are underpaid and underfunded. Um, and, uh, and yet, um, you know, you've got uh, this generation of, of students now who've grown up um, needing technology 
uh, to learn, to ingest, like, in, uh, and, uh, and it's, it's super. Yeah. If I may, I, I think too, in terms of like, is there a, a, a negative to this side of it? I don't think that there's one that is enough to say it's a problem, right? I think when I first heard about this, one of the things I thought about was, well, I wish that we had that coming out of a VIXA, is it taking away from a, the industry organization as a whole? Um, and after weighing pros and cons, the more that I learned about what uh, HETMA is doing and the fact that they're partnering with a VIXA on education track and things like that, um, I came out of that deciding, no, I don't think that is a negative. Um, but I think it's something worth kind of thinking about as we look at um, other organizations that are coming together. And um, I think that it's important we still keep that cohesiveness of working with Avixa in this partnership and, um, or if you're more on the residential side, working with Cedia. Um, yeah. So I think that that's still an important aspect uh, as more organizations kind of, I think will come to light in the upcoming years uh, in certain verticals and uh, focus groups. Let me ask this out loud because I don't have a great answer here, but the, the one thing that, that Dave Labuskis, the CEO of Avixa, has said consistently over the last at least five years is that they are looking to be a catalyst, right? They're, being, they're looking to be a catalyst. There are certain groups, there are certain um, uh, councils within, within Avixa that have just not developed well. Right, and this is not either here nor there. This is not throwing asper, you know, throwing stones. The end user, the the technology managers council, is one of those. Right, certainly the Vixa Women's Group is going gangbusters, and it's going crazy all over the world. Right, and diversity council, just saying. Yeah, see, <laughs> um, but but this, the the end user one, the, the technology manager just hasn't over the years. This is a good way for Avixa to partner with and still service that community. Uh, again, this is the aspect where Avix is looking is using that catalyst, um, that catalyst job, that catalyst function in, in a really good way. I would say. Mm -hmm. yeah. I agree. Neto, what other groups, what other areas, what other markets uh, can Avixa start partnering with to do this very thing? Right to 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 start partnering with other areas and other groups that may not be served particularly well. Well, I mean. This one's specific to, HEPMA specific to the to the education side of the business. Yeah. Now, you know, because when we first met many years ago, um, I, I was on the corporate side of the business. I was a consultant, but I was yeah. on-house or in-house designer for pharmaceuticals. There's a lot of other, uh, there, there is a lot of corporate AV people out there as well. Uh, but for the most part, you know, that too has been changing, right? The evolution of it. Um, when I entered into the space uh, of, of, of corporate AV, it was somebody who basically was elevated from the mailroom, who was delivering mail, delivered a projector, right? And that was the spot. And then those delivering of the projectors, it became cost effective to put a projector in the space. And then the guy or the person or the girl that actually did that delivery became in charge of it because they were doing it before. So when I started in, in, in this crew, there was people that were working there that are like, oh, yeah, I, I've been here 15 years. I'm like, what did you do 15 years ago for AV? They're like, well, no, we just we delivered food and a projector. I'm like, oh, interesting. But now in the corporate space, you are, 
you you have CTSDs, you have CTSs, you have electrical engineers, you got people that are working in with the facilities folks, right? Which is maybe a little different than the way it works for uh, the the education space, where they come in and 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 kind of you know evolve from that as well. From the for most of the time from from the on the educational side, they evolve from the library because that was the media group within a. a a, a university. So they sprung up from the, the libraries where unfortunately the AV corporate AV people came through the food services or, or delivery business and the mailroom. So, you know, I think corporate has a space there. I think Joe has kind of talked about entertaining that idea because I had very similar concerns that he has. I, I managed, you know, 40 buildings on a campus and 300 conference rooms, two of them, um, two auditoriums or three auditoriums, four cafeterias that were that were anything spaces, right? Training rooms, uh, very specialized rooms. So you now are going to maybe that's the, the space that is going to kind of band together. But that is where the VIXA has been. Those were the first the first people through the door was those the corporate people. Um, I think you, you can also service people that are in the experiential business. Mm-hmm. Uh, the content creation, obviously, that's something that they've been trying to go after when they changed their name to Avixa. But where is that, right? Where are the artists, the the people that are that are <laughs> not getting credited for making pseudo three D, you know, uh, displays uh, over in Times Square where you have to look at a cornered angle and it's not nothing mechanical; it's all your eyes. That's content creation that's doing that. Let's be honest. Yes, technology has plays a part in it. The smaller the dot pitch, the faster the non-tearing of the images and stuff like that make it look really good. But it's really the mind and design of a, of a content creator. And how does that relate back to AV? If they don't know what those products can and can't do, it's not going to happen. They'll push the envelope. But why push the envelope on a product that's 10 years old? They need to be on the cutting edge. And I think those are the ones that are the two main groups that are probably going to start banding together if they haven't yet. Uh, they can go after Sedge, for example, and give Sedge the ability, uh, SCGD, who is involved, obviously, in the, in the digital spot signage space. I think digital signage in general is something that they've been trying to serve as well. With uh, Now, there actually is some partnerships with the Digital Signage Federation um, that was recently announced. So I think that's where it's going to go. All right. Very good. Uh, we're going to keep on the on the education front. Uh, an article that we had in our uh, website, avianation.tv, talked about the growing trend of colleges and universities needing to slash their AV budgets uh, <laughs> as a cost-saving measure. <laughs> Forget what we just said, Tim. Forget what we just said. He no, no, hang us. on, hang on. Give me a second. <laughs> Let me finish the, the synopsis here. Um, I lost my place now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, the, the despite the critical role that AV technologies play in enhancing the educational experiences, institutions are grappling with financial pressures stemming from declining enrollment, state funding cuts, and increasing competition. Dude, I live in Illinois. I I worked as a technology manager in Illinois. We ain't had money in 50 years. So, yeah, I totally feel that. Uh, Brock, we're going to start with you on this. As much as integrators and dealers hate the phrase, economic adjustments or um, engineering uh, cost savings or, or you know, how, however you want to say it. Th- this is where you're going to put together a proposal and your, your technology manager is going to look at you and go, Brock, this is fantastic. Now cut it by 10%. How do we help them while also helping them? How do we help them save money 
right? How do we help the, the education specifically is what we're talking about here, while at the same time understanding that they're under their own pressures, they're under their own constraints. You still have to make money, otherwise you're gonna go out of business. So, so where is that balance and how do you, how do you manage that? It's challenging, you know, they're spending so much money going to HETMA conferences, they just got nothing left for gear. Um, <laughs> oh! So. Hashtag canceled. <laughs> Joe, that's Brock McGinnis. Um, I think the supply chain has taught uh, issues, have uh, taught all of us yeah. that uh, you don't need um, to equip every learning space with absolutely the top of the line, most expensive, um, you know, best known product. There are a lot of equivalent products that incorporate the same um, Dante and HD-Base-T and SDVOE standards um, that cost less. And, uh, you know, I, I find uh, educational institutions get locked into particular brands and those brands are not the least uh, expensive or most cost-effective brands. Um, and so, uh, you know, hopefully over the last couple of years, uh, technology managers have had a chance to use uh, mid-priced, you know, popularly priced, uh, more cost-effective products. Will they last as long? Um, I'm not sure that's important because by the time AV equipment is wearing out, it's actually obsolete. Mm. Um, you know, do you, do you need to get seven years out, out of a product? Well, the resolutions have changed. Uh, the content devices that are connected to them have changed. Uh, the ways they're being used have changed. I mean, three years ago, we had no idea uh, that every meeting space in the world needed a little camera and a microphone system and a speaker because we couldn't have a meeting without having somebody online. We, we have the same level of who knows uh, for three years from now. And, uh, uh, and, and I think that, that just some of the ruts uh, that I've seen um, institutions and technology managers who, you know, uh, who may have a tattoo from one end, uh, you know, one manufacturer or the other. Um, and, you know, we only buy this product. I, I think that they've had their, uh, their eyes opened. Uh, and I think that's good for their budget management. Um, I hope anyway. All right, Mr. Netto, you know, what, how, how do we help the technology managers? How do we help, you know, the Hetman group uh, save money, but while also delivering the same kind of experience? Well, Kind of in line with what uh, what Brock said, you know, um, you you sh you basically show them what else is there, right? Uh, like Brock said, you can go to the biggest, most baddest, you know, system on the planet, and wow, at the end of the day, when it's installed, you can. I got myself a Ferrari, but do you need a Ferrari, right? Your institution is asking for education to be done from A to B. How that is done is on you, right? And I think that some of these universities have, um, you know, come to, 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 to the understanding that, you know, we can find quality products. And I think that's what the HEPMA certification is, is, is aiming for, is that if it is something that is super expensive, can we find something similar to that um, in a mid-price range? Because in all the conversations that Joe has, 
there is a massive, and, I, and I'm referring to Joe Way because Joe's usually the, the voice behind this kind of type of conversation. He'll tell you about the big budget and yeah. that they carry $32 billion worth. That's awesome. He's also at USC, which is in the top five. Now you start moving down to Brookdale Community College in Homedale, New Jersey. Now you're going to be looking at people that are going to be interested in an all-in-one device that they can get that serves as the monitor, a video conferencing system, a display, and a whiteboard. Yep. Makes sense. Joe, in turn, will go, hey, that's not a bad idea. I can use that in, the small, in my smaller rooms because maybe a 55, which is what they're limited to, but now Joe will open up his eyes to that and go, you know what? Maybe I can put that in a, in a, in a, in a student workplace area where they want to do that sort of stuff. So this disparity is kind of wild, but that's what is going to give opportunities for these manufacturers, right? Um, look at something like Joe has. Joe went out and, and, and brought in the, um, oh man, I'm, I'm going to say it. Somebody's going to ping me on Twitter and give me, the, give me the middle finger for saying this. It's not... It's a Pepper's ghost, but they'll call it um, they'll call it a, a hologram or a holographic thing where somebody can be in one place and their holographic image can appear someplace else. It's called art. Thank you. I'm waiting for the people on Twitter to, 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 to say I'm wrong. Sorry, I'll wait for them too. So yeah, we'll wait for them too. Give it a week. Um, so with the thing with that, with that holographic technology, it's very cool, but he's actually he has the ability to show how it can be used. Right. Everybody else wants to talk and make fun of it. And what are we ever going to use it for? Joe has the budget to do that. And he also has the ability to then influence what the next tier of schools, if they have it in their budget. Why would you use that? Maybe you do want to bring in a speaker or a teacher that is in Africa teaching African studies here live in in, in wherever Joe is at USC. So. I think that the, them working together and is going to give them the ability, not just from the most expensive things, but finding products that are coming, those even prosumer devices that, God, man, AV people hate to hear. But even some of the prosumer devices that would have never gotten into the conversation because most AV companies are not going to talk about something that you can source from a Best Buy or source from, you know, a CDW or something like that. But even they have a, a stake in it. So I think that's where it's at. How do you like that? Good? Good, yeah. <laughs> I think there's something important to that, that that both Chris and Brock are getting at, too, is that we often think that, um, you know, I think uh, it was Aaron that had mentioned it in one of the, the articles was um, doing more with less. And we assume that, oh, we're value engineering in some of the scenarios that Chris had mentioned, but it's really not. It's uh, you're really getting deep down into how are these spaces being utilized, what's important for your organization, and uh, designing what's appropriate uh, for that case. Um, and so I, I think that re-looking at thinking as value engineering, bringing in something that's prosumer, even though that uh, kills me as a consultant too, but um, you know, I, 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 it's, it's changing all of AV and design, not just specifically for the higher ed too. Jen, I absolutely relish in the opportunity to romanticize what we do because, and that's exactly what I'm going to do right now. It allows us to get back to being wizards and, yes. and, 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 and people that make things that people go wow about. We used to use the term wow when we were able to take a box of junk put things together, cobble it together, come back and go, this is what you asked for. And I was able to create it and it doesn't exist, right? 
That was wiz wizardry. How do they do that? Nobody else could do it, right? So anytime that we have the ability to, to wow, and I don't necessarily mean in the 2023 version of wow, like look at the size of this LED wall. Isn't that a wow fact? That is wow. But guess what? You should see that box of gear that's behind it to make it work because you wanted to incorporate a beta cam into this. And we had to figure out how to make it happen in this world. So I love and cherish any type of opportunity, not so much for the value engineering, but when we get to really sharpen our skills and, 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 and do things that made us different from everybody else, because that's our biggest differentiator. And that's a whole other conversation, Tim, for a whole other day of how AV is faded into other things. But the one thing that we're good at, I'll tell you, the one thing that we're great at is when we're given a box of crap and told to make it, figure out a way to make it work. And that's where we shine, honestly. And it comes from the design right up until the shop work. I don't care. That's what we're good at. And that's what will forever be our role and to play in this type of stuff. Okay, I'm done. No more romanticizing what it is. Brock's sitting there going, man, Neto, you just, no, I, I, <laughs> you just I, went there. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it. I'm, I'm just imagining duct tape and molded RCA plugs and bailing wire. A whole lot of solder. And, and a lot of ply, you know, a whole lot of plywood trying to be the backboard to hold everything together because there's not a rack that can hold it. And that's, and that's, that's wonderful. Sorry. Thanks, Tim. Now that you feel nostalgic yet? I am. You want to go program something? I, Let's go program something. I'll bring a blender and, 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 a, and, and some other parts and pieces and we'll try to figure out how to make a TV out of it. All right. I like that. Uh, that'll be a good place to stop, actually. So thank you all. Um, Brock McGinnis uh, from Nationwide. How do people connect with you? Uh, I'm uh, Brock at NationwideAV.com. Uh, you can also see me occasionally these days still on Twitter, uh, at Brock McGinnis. Um, I'm still waiting for folks to weigh in on the caption of the car that I posted yesterday with all the birds standing on top of it. I, you I can, can weigh in on that. Yeah, I think the best one so far was something about a, needing a, a car wash soon. So, Yeah. Um, Jen Steinhardt, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, for, thank you for, for hanging out with us. How do people connect with you? Thank you very much for having me. You can find me on LinkedIn or uh, Twitter at NerdyGirlAV, um, or if you go to NerdyGirlAV.com, that has all of my socials. Uh, I also post a lot of baking and whatnot on Instagram as well. All right. Mr. Neto, thanks for the, uh, the trip down memory lane and the nostalgia. Uh, how do people connect with you? First, I have things I need to get off my plate. Brock, that uh, picture reminds me of the new fifth uh, fifth level seating at the Rogers Center. That's <laughs> that's the viewing angles that they're going to get from all those public spaces that they built up there. That that's, is that, it, that is exactly correct. That's ex <laughs> good. I'm glad I nailed it. I'll go post post that on Twitter. Uh, the other thing is I want to wish uh, uh, Melissa Dillman uh, speedy recovery. She is uh, been kind of uh, under the weather uh, recently. And if I don't come on here and, and wish her that, then I have not done my job as a friend. So um, I know she's going to be watching this. So get better, Melissa. Feel better. We'll see you at Infocom. Uh, yes, you can catch me on Twitter, Chris underscore Neto. That's where I spend a lot of my time. LinkedIn, I write crappy blogs about how to find uh, uh, an MBA watching, uh, not an NBA, but an MBA by watching um, bad movies. So if you'd like, check me out there. That's what I'm doing. Uh, on Sundays, I run AV in the AM where I'm off this week. So don't go looking for it this week. But next week, we'll have two takeovers from two very, um, two back-to-back -back takeovers. First time in AV in the AM history that I'm not going to be around for three weeks total, which is awesome. 
I That's get to take crazy. for a couple Sundays off. It's nuts. Tim, how can people find you on the internet? They can't. I'm they trying. Can't. Do, do not do not follow me on the Twitters. I even said that on Joe Way's podcast. All right, I even held to it there. So now he 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 kind of you know snuck snuck one in on me um, mm-hmm. and did it for me. But yeah, don't don't follow me on the Twitters. Well, if, if you want to follow Tim, just look up John Cruck on Twitter. You'll see uh, Tim Albright there. Who's That's, John uh, Cruck? Oh, no. Philly's first baseman from the uh, from I guess from the '93 series, maybe. You does got the hair, look, dude. Does he look like John Goodman? Kind of, you, every day you morph into John Cruck. It's ridiculous. Is it the hair? It must be. All right. I guess go follow John Cruck. Do not follow him <laughs> right on the Twitter. Uh, but go by our website, please, because really talented people spent an awful long time on it, and that's not me. Avnation.tv. That's Avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others, uh, including some brand new uh, women in AV. Also, you can check out our State of Control, Ed Tech, and a whole lot more. So all that. And uh, we also mentioned Intelcom a couple times. We're going to be heading there. Uh, Mr. Neto in the AV and the AM is also a media sponsor. So congratulations, sir. Uh, in addition to Hetma partnering with Intelcom. So uh, the 10th through the 16th of June, in, that includes the education, the 14th, 15th, and 16th. Uh, June, of course, is when the show floor is open. So all that and more at avnation.tv. It's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week. <laughs>